Welcome to the South Carolina State Library's podcast, Library Voices SC. I'm Curtis Rogers, Communications Director, and today I'm pleased to have with us in the podcast studio, Shannon Nix. She is the Associate Director of Sexual Assault and Violence Intervention and Prevention at the University of South Carolina. And joining us again is Hannah Stewart, Primary Prevention and Specialized Advocacy Coordinator at the Coalition. So welcome both of you to our prevention podcast. Thank you so much for having us again. Thank you. And just to let everyone know, this is the third in the series of podcasts relating to domestic violence and sexual assault. And today we're going to be talking about um, dating violence and and maybe even stalking and information uh, that relates specifically to college campuses. So Shannon, we're gonna start with you. Tell us about what you do at the University of South Carolina and what kind of programs you work with. Yeah, sure, so I serve as the Associate Director for Save Up, that we just use the acronym Mm -hmm. for the very long title, Sexual Assault and Violence Intervention and Prevention. I'm gonna explain just how we're situated because I think that's helpful. So Save Up is a department within Student Health Services mm-hmm. at USC, which means we're confidential okay. because we have to abide by HIPAA. Okay. So if anyone in student health on campus is confidential, whether it's a medical provider, Save Up, counseling and psychiatry, um, a wellness provider, mm-hmm. you know, stress management coordinator, whomever, our facility dog. Okay. She can't tell your secrets either. Well, that's a good thing. <laughs> she keeps them <laughs> confidential. But so, um, so that's something that I really like is that we're situated in student health and we're able to be confidential um, in the services that we provide. Mm-hmm. So Save Up provides all of the interpersonal violence advocacy and prevention for the entire Columbia campus. Okay. So, and it's at no cost. And it's for faculty, staff, and students. Oh, or someone's okay. doing contract work, you know, anyone who's employed mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. the Columbia campus. Okay. So our Equal Opportunity Program's Title IX office does oversee all campuses, mm-hmm. but we're, we're confined to the Columbia campus. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, staff numbers and um, ability to travel isn't really sure. there. It's a pretty right. large campus mm-hmm. <laughs> that we service already, particularly when you add in faculty and staff, the bulk of whom we see our students. So advocacy and prevention are, I call them the two sides of the house. Mm-hmm. Everyone on staff kind of does everything. Right now we do have two folks who are really mainly dedicated to advocacy mm-hmm. and two folks who are mainly dedicated to prevention. Okay. Our prevention folks do some advocacy. Mm-hmm. Um, our advocacy folks will sometimes do some training. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then we have student staff as well, grad assistants and whatnot, who kind of do a mix of everything for advocacy services and again these are confidential Mm -hmm. so we're the place if a victim or survivor gets to us first Mm -hmm. without having gone to law enforcement or a professor or a judicial entity on campus if they just come to us and say this happened to me and it's the types of IPV that we service are sexual assault abuse dating relationship violence stalking harassment Mm -hmm. Now, if someone comes with something other than those things, we will obviously help them. Sure. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. We usually help get them where they right. can Referral. best, yep. mm-hmm. yeah, best be serviced. But um, so for advocacy, if those folks come to us first, then it stays within Save Up okay. and Student Health. If they don't want to do law enforcement or a campus judicial mm-hmm. process, mm-hmm. then they can get medical care, they can get counseling, anything like that. Mm-hmm. And it just stays 
confidential. It stays with us. And counseling can be on or off campus. Oh, okay. Some students have had it, say they've had a bad experience mm-hmm. with our counseling center. Or they're like, I don't want to get counseling when I go to school. Yeah. <laughs> so we utilize local nonprofits, oh, okay. which fall under Skid Voss's umbrella. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, <clears throat> And for faculty and staff, we also utilize our EAP, Employee Assistance Program, mm-hmm. do referrals to there, okay. as well as the local nonprofits. And so you do all this with how many staff? So we have, I'm the Associate Director, I have, we have an Administrative Assistant, mm-hmm. so we have a front desk, mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. he provides support there, um, and we all kind of take turns um, with that when he goes to lunch or has mm-hmm. meetings. I have one full-time advocate, who's our lead advocate. Mm-hmm. We have a grant-funded advocate who will be with us till the end of May. Okay. It's about 30 hours a week. All right. Then we have two full-time program coordinators. Okay. Um, two graduate assistants. Mm-hmm. They each work 20 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a graduate intern, 16 hours a week. And right now we actually have two undergrad interns. Okay. Because one is finishing, she's 16 hours a week, uh-huh. and one is just starting. So when you talk about interns and graduate assistants, are they all kind of majoring or getting degrees in clinical psychology or something? It's really all over the board. Uh-huh. Right now what we have, <clears throat> we typically have a HESA grad, which is higher ed student affairs. Okay. That program's a pretty popular and um, well-established program at USC. Mm-hmm. So we have a HESA grad, so we have one of those right now um, who's getting their degree in higher ed student affairs, <clears throat> and her background is art. She went oh, to an art okay. institute in oh. Chicago. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but she was in housing and so has the crisis mm-hmm. response stuff down. Mm-hmm. So um, our other grad assistant is a MSW, social work student. Mm-hmm. Um, our graduate intern is an MSW. Our undergrad, we always typically take um, a bachelor's in social work intern, undergrad. Okay. So we see social work, we've had counseling, um, some of the other areas in student health that we work with have public health. Wow, so it yeah. really runs the gamut. It runs yeah. the gamut. Hmm. It's, for me, I'm like, it doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> as long as you have the skills and you, you, know, you have the knowledge and you wanna learn, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you are good at working, you're compassionate and empathic and non-judgmental. Sure, yeah. And those things for yeah. working with our clients. Tell us a little bit about the process of how your office works. Uh, like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when someone comes in, how they get routed or, you know, and also maybe how many students you have come in in a certain amount of time. Yeah, sure. So folks come in all kinds of ways. We get lots of referrals in-house. Um, so within student health, uh-huh. counseling and psychiatry, we refer back and forth to each okay. other the most, uh-huh. I think. Yeah. Um, they'll send people to us. We refer 100% to counseling. Mm-hmm. It's up to them if they want to do it, unless yeah. there's mm-hmm. suicidal ideation, and then we're like, you have to see a counselor, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and our medical care, too. We get a good bet, like from women's health, okay. some of the medical side of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Faculty and staff, so USC has an online reporting system. Okay. So that Stop Sexual Assault website is actually where you link to. Okay, all right, we'll have, that, yeah. we'll have that link in the podcast page. Yeah, and so it's got a reporting form. Um, Title IX, which is federal legislation, federal regulations, originally enacted in the early 70s. There's been a lot of change mm-hmm. <laughs> in the 2000s in particular. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're still, still waiting to see what it's going to look like, the new Title IX regulations. But, <clears throat> you know, it calls for universities or institutions that receive federal funds have mm-hmm. to abide by Title IX. Sure. So at USC, 
um, Title IX says it prohibits sex-based discrimination, mm -hmm. which includes IPV, interpersonal violence. Okay. So it's kind of grown to include that. And it says if um, one of these institutions, one, they have to do programming to prevent sex-based discrimination, mm -hmm. whether it's sexual harassment, sexual assault, whatever it may yeah. be, dating yeah. balance talking. And two, and I'm making this very short and sweet, <laughs> <laughs> two, if they know it has occurred, they must do something about it. Okay. So every institution handles this differently. Mm -hmm. USC at this time says anyone outside of student health is what's called a responsible employee. Okay. So if you're a faculty staff, a TA, mm -hmm. and a student, a peer leader, and a student tells you something like this has happened to me, yeah. you have to report it to the university. Okay. And we tell people you have to tell the student you're reporting it. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's just trauma-informed. And, and they're and reporting yeah. it to That's you, nice. right? Well, they report it to a group. So I mentioned our Title IX office earlier, um, which at USC is in our Equal Opportunity Programs office. Okay. And EOP over, oversees investigations into all types of discrimination. Mm -hmm. You know, race, religious identity, age, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Um, so they um, oversee a work group of folks that includes student conduct, campus law enforcement, dean of students, save up, our ombuds person. I'm sure I'm leaving people housing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we have respondent report, sir, um, respondent support services. They oversee this large group of folks who, when cases are reported to the university, mm -hmm. those folks meet weekly and staff those cases. Okay. Now, if someone comes to us confidentially, mm -hmm. I won't talk about That doesn't come up in there. Yep. That stays and save up okay. in the student health. Mm -hmm. That doesn't go. But if we're working with a student whose case has been reported, we attend and we may be like, yes, we're working with them. Gotcha. Yeah, their, their relationship is, their, I'm sorry, their information is still, um, <clears throat> private mm -hmm. and we keep things confidential that have nothing to do with what they're working with okay. mm -hmm. so we get a lot of referrals through that system mm -hmm. not all of them want to work with us and we respect that it's sure. part of giving people their power back because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. we work with folks who whose power has been taken away in the worst way you can mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and so um, so we if they say no we don't want to hear from safe up yep. you know we let that be mm -hmm. so we get referrals that way some students, it's just word of mouth, or they just looked on a website. Yep, they just Googled it. Yep. They just Googled mm -hmm. it, and um, they show up, and they're just like, oh, hey. Also, our campus law enforcement, we have a great relationship with them. Mm -hmm. They have law enforcement victim advocates who aren't oh, okay. confidential. Okay. And they'll work a lot of the dating violence stalking cases. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we tag team with them, mm -hmm. say if the student came to us first, and then they get involved. Yep. Um, they don't work the sexual assault cases, so we're called in mm -hmm. on those. We also, we do 24-7 response, so we're on call. Wow. Like, like you're, think of us, I tell folks, think of it like a rape crisis in DB Center on a college campus. Okay. <laughs> so all those services, yep. Save Up also does. Mm -hmm. So we may get a call from our law enforcement, a local law enforcement, like I've gone to CPD's main headquarters, mm -hmm. you know, at a five o'clock on a weekday wow. to respond and the emergency room for forensic exams for sexual oh, assault okay. mm -hmm. if they're a student. So our, we have a good relationship with our forensic nurses. Okay. And they'll ask, um, hey, are you a student at USC? And then they have to ask, do you want Save Up to come? So mm -hmm. if they're a student and they want us there, mm -hmm. then we go. Okay. Yeah. 
lots of different ways. That really is. And it's like there's a lot of, I mean, I guess you could say a lot of gray areas and, you know, but I'm sure you have all those gray areas figured out because that's those are all the people you're working with, which is an awful lot. And and one of the organizations I know that you work with is SCADVASA, and that's Mm -hmm. the South Carolina Coalition Against Domestic Violence and Sexual Assault. And Hannah, is there anything you want to, you know, maybe talk about as far as your partnership with USC or any kind of higher ed, you know, uh, partnerships that you have? Yeah, so our main partnership with USC and uh, higher education institutes throughout South Carolina is through our college consortium, where we try to collaborate a network of professionals and students across South Carolina to equip them with the tools, skills, and support systems needed to raise awareness for sexual and intimate partner violence mm-hmm. and also build repu- build robust ongoing multifaceted inclusive prevention programs okay. and appropriately respond to and advocate for all survivors okay um, one of the things we're looking at right now is waiting for those title nine changes to come down mm-hmm. and hopefully this summer hopefully we'll have them by then this to be march so I've heard <laughs> it keeps changing. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, we're hoping to kind of facilitate yeah. a, a larger training on that for okay. higher education uh, institutes across the state. Okay. So when you're talking about higher ed institutions across the state, are there, is it only publicly funded ones or partially public funded ones, or does that include private organizations, no, private we, colleges? Yeah, we do still work with private institutions. Uh, private institutions do have their own set of rules as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that can sometimes be a little tricky mm-hmm. when we're working with them because they have their own set of um, right. Yeah. 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 So um, it's just so I can get it kind of in my brain yeah, and for our listeners. So when would be a time, Shannon, at USC that you would reach out to SCADVASA being the state organization? Yeah, that's a great question. I feel like we reach out to them frequently <laughs> and for all kinds of things. Yeah. And that's good. Uh, you yeah. know, I have a great relationship with a lot of their staff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really helpful. Sometimes it's just like, hey, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, what do you think about this? I really, they had a great um, campaign on relationships. Oh, yeah. Real the, relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want, so I shared that information with my staff. We are affiliate members of SCADVASA. Okay. We're not a nonprofit, but there's a membership that. Sure. Mm-hmm. We also utilize them. They do the victim service provider training. So okay. if you're a victim advocate in the state of South Carolina, you have to be VSP certified. Mm, okay. So as staff come on board, um, like I have one right now who just started January 6th, and hers expired because she was actually a grad assistant for us a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. So she's got to come back. So okay. she'll, be, she'll be signing up. So we utilize them for VSP training. We attend the consortium. Um, really any consultation mm-hmm. that's yeah. needed. Um, I feel like I talk to y'all a lot yeah, about well, all then, kinds of different yeah, things. Yeah, it's, you know, <clears throat> any, you like, any, we're a very close-knit group, and yeah. any prevention project that we can ever work on with y'all or vice versa, yeah. we mm-hmm. always try to bring, the more people that are involved, I think it always reaches more Sure, people. sure. Well, even, um, so I used to co-chair the Richland County Sexual Assault Response Team. Mm-hmm. It's a county-wide team of folks, mm-hmm. anyone right. who in any way services or works with sexual assault survivors Mm -hmm. and so with that I worked with Katie Reed um, who manages I forget Katie's position Oh goodness! She's Y'all my have long titles. Yes. I know. I know. She's Hannah's supervisor. Uh, she's but, uh, but she really went and traveled around to the SARTs. Yeah. And so I got to even work with them on kind of. A, it wasn't directly save up, but it was still mm-hmm. trying to make change. 
you know, at the county level, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. a larger level there. Sure, so. sure. So when we're talking about college campuses in general, what kind of specific issues do you see the most? Sure. I don't have numbers off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we do see the bulk of our clients are students. Mm-hmm. Um, the bulk are students. <clears throat> we do sometimes work with faculty and staff, and that's all over the board. It can be sexual mm-hmm. harassment. Um, it can be intimate partner violence, okay. you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, for students, I would say when typically, I'll have been here five years in June, um, and our numbers go up just a little bit each year. They kind of trend mm-hmm. <clears throat> about the same. They go up a little, but um, about half of our reports from students are sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other is split between dating violence and stalking. We, I feel like we've seen that slowly rise. Mm-hmm. We ha- And I, again, the percentage points aren't in my head, and I haven't looked at, done any math recently. Mm-hmm. But we have seen reports of dating violence and stalking rise mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> as we've done some more work. I know I, there was such a focus and very important focus. I know the hunting ground really kicked off that documentary. Mm. The focus on sexual assaults. You know, Mm -hmm. they had done um, the invisible, what is it? The invisible war? The one on military sexual assault. Mm -hmm. So they'd done one on military sexual trauma um, and then they did the hunting ground. Um, And so sometimes I have to remind folks, and that's when Hannah Mm -hmm. emailed me. I was like, I want to talk about dating balance and stalking too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sexual assault, all of them are very harmful, Mm -hmm. right? Um, but with dating violence and stalking, there are times when we are truly concerned about the lives of our clients, right. yep. them being in harm's way. Mm-hmm. Um, we utilize it. Like the, some of the things I talk about because of the work I do, and people just look at me like, oh my gosh. And I'm mm-hmm. like, these are things that we have to deal with all the time. They sure. can be very dangerous cases. So they may be less in number, mm-hmm. but very dangerous cases. Mm-hmm. Um, so we definitely see those things as well. Well, you know, as you're talking about stalking, um, one of the things that pops up in my mind is how social media can relate to that. Oh because gosh. nowadays, and when I yeah. say nowadays, I actually mean in the last 10 years or so, right. everything, you know, if you're really into social media, Every nuance of your personal life is pretty much searchable and findable on, you know, through Instagram or Facebook or, you know, whatever. Um, So do you have any kinds of advice or anything that maybe when you're working with a client, you know, what you talk about in regards to social media? Sure. I think most of the things, because at that point something's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, For them, it's so interesting how trends change. You say the last 10 years, I don't know that students use Facebook at all. Mm-hmm. Hannah, you're, I feel like, yeah, probably the youngest no. one in the room, uh-huh. right? It's like um, I, Instagram I it's and Twitter. Instagram, Instagram yes. Twitter. Uh-huh. Twitter, Snapchat. Oh, yeah, and Snapchat. Snapchat. Because we yeah. even, one of our law enforcement investigators at USC learned and has trained other, other law enforcement around the state, learned how to write warrants to get material from Snapchat. Because, wow. you know, they say, oh, it disappears. No, no. nothing disappears. Right, right. Nothing ever disappears. Mm-hmm. And so Candace learned how to write because Snapchat didn't want to give up the information, yeah. mm-hmm. but she learned how to write it in a way that they will release information so she That's has evidence. Typically what we're doing is like, have you blocked them yet? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's 
technology, blessing, curse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> blessing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have a lot of evidence. I think probably a lot more evidence than mm-hmm. if this had happened to me when I was in college, right? Yeah, yeah. So you have screenshots and you have, and we tell them, so our thing is block. And they may have created multiple, mm-hmm. like the Finstas, yeah. like Instagrams, they'll create multiple. Um, but we're like, block everything, block any number you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> take screenshots of everything uh, yeah. you know you can download it to a hard drive or a USB or your laptop mm-hmm. if you don't want to keep it on your phone so mm-hmm. we kind of go through those things okay. and just in terms of safety planning and we we have an assessment that we can use um, when folks are being stalked mm-hmm. or in a relationship that we're like this is not sounding good mm-hmm. um, it's called the sharp assessment mm. and it's out of uh, University of Kentucky and I feel really bad because I'm blanking on the name of the woman who created it. But she, decades of research, and mm-hmm. it's S-H-A-R-P, all caps. Okay. <clears throat> but you go online, if you Google Sharp Assessment. And we know, can include a planning. link on the yeah, podcast I can, page. Yes, and you can go, and it's tons of questions. They answer them, mm-hmm. and it gives them two printouts that are thick. And one okay. is, here's your risk. Uh-huh based on of harm, okay. based on how you answered the questions. And the other is here's your safety plan. Wow. Based on how and so we, you know, we'll go through and supplement and be mm-hmm. like, here's the things. We have um, anyone who's at USC student faculty staff contractor has access to the Rave Guardian app. Okay. So here's where technology is a blessing. Mm-hmm. It's an app you download, it's free. You set you have to set up your account. Mm-hmm. You have to log in with your school email. Um, it looks like a little blue shield. And you can set guardians. So say if you're gonna walk from Thomas Cooper to your car or to your dorm, you can set a timer. And if you don't turn the timer off, it will email, it will text USCPD, or law enforcement, and Mm -hmm. your guardians if you set any. And then USCPD will call Mm -hmm. and then they'll show up if you don't answer. Wow. Um, but for us, you can also do, we use it with our bystander intervention programming too. Because mm-hmm. So we use it with safety planning, but then on the prevention side, you can do crime tips and okay. you can do them anonymously. Mm-hmm. And oh. you can take photos and video mm-hmm. and be like, here's someone vandalizing a car. Mm-hmm. There's the video or, okay. you know, here's this. So Right, right. Mm-hmm. I remember at when I was in undergrad at the University of South Carolina, I was actually there when, I forget, it was someone in student government, it was their big project that they were putting out that year, but that was when they had those campus security kiosks installed, Mm, and I don't know if I'm calling them the right thing, but it's like as you're walking through campus, you can see one, and if you need, you know, help, you can go press that button, and yeah. that will alert campus security. So we call them the blue lights, but yeah, the blue lights, blue, yeah, blue yep. boxes. Yep. Not not a very um, technical term, right? But yeah, those emergency boxes are great. So this is like having when our law enforcement talk about it, they're like it's like having that on your phone, mm-hmm. like on your person at all times. Mm-hmm. So we make our we're like download it in front of us and set it up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Particularly if we're very concerned about their safety, sure. You know? And if sure. There are times when we're just like, look, we need to get law enforcement involved. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. If, if they've just come to us confidentially, yeah. we're like, you know, we're just honest. We're really, look at this mm-hmm. based on all this information. Yep. And what we know as advocates and experts in this, mm-hmm. this is very concerning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as far as um, campus-wide education, are there 
any like student groups that you go talk to maybe at the beginning of each uh, semester and you know let them know number one you guys exist yeah. and number two how to you know deal with the situation yeah so for our I'll just call it our prevention programming and some of it is just information right mm-hmm. um, our secondary prevention like prevention of PTSD but we so one thing USC does all incoming students have to complete an online course mm-hmm. at the oh. beginning like when they come in okay. so they have to complete it before coming in this includes transfer students and then they there's like a intercession and they complete it again six weeks they do like a reminder course six mm-hmm. weeks later and we collect a lot of data from that as well oh, there's a sure. survey um, it's called our the course dealing with what we do is called sexual assault prevention for undergrads but it mm-hmm. also talks about relationships stalking um, bystander intervention so all the things SAVEP's doing. And then they also have to complete alcohol EDU, which is mm-hmm. alcohol education. Okay. And we have a, a substance abuse prevention education office okay. that kind of works with that. We work together. So it's one way they get, and it has all the school resources. Mm-hmm. We train tons of um, student leaders, particularly housing. There's this, uh, like, August is a time, like, everyone's like, oh, let's go here. No, mm-hmm. save up staff can't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, starting at the beginning right. of August, we're training every sure. everyone's right. grad assistants, which is great. Um, so we do lots of training with housing because mm-hmm. our housing um, is an enormous organization. Right. So with the resident mentors, the mm-hmm. undergrad students that are living with them. Mm-hmm. We have a great relationship with fraternity and sorority life. Mm-hmm. And they actually have a program now where they have to get – certain educational sessions like I think every semester every year Mm -hmm. um, and sexual assault by standard intervention are two of those so we are pretty much constantly going into them Mm -hmm. and we'll go speak to absolutely any student group um, that wants to hear us or (laughs) have us Mm -hmm. so there's lots of different groups that we go to and it may look a little different semester to semester just depending yeah. Yeah. Um, Hannah, are there any other kinds of resources that you know of that are maybe specific to higher ed that um, folks need to be aware of? Yeah. Well, um, again, if just more important, if you do feel unsafe, you know, please, if you don't want to talk to someone at uh, your college, you can always call your sexual assault or domestic violence hotline. Again, that's on our website. You can click on the map, go to your county, find your number, and do that. Mm -hmm. Just always want to say that. But also, if you're looking for, like, information-wise, especially about stalking, the Stalking Resource Center is a wonderful resource for all of that information. I found it very helpful um, because I didn't know a lot about stalking for a while. It's, uh, I think, kind of not talked about enough especially on college campuses because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, when I went through college it was sexual assault conversations which is so important of course but uh, I you know I think stalking would have been such a beneficial conversation to have yeah. especially for some of the people I knew well, there's so many people that don't know and it often starts during a relationship yeah. and mm-hmm. people think of it as something post mm-hmm. right or it's a stranger which is right. like only one in five are stranger 
So mm-hmm. that means four and five people yeah. who are stalked or stalked by someone they know. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it starts during, and so we try to do yeah. a lot of We're trying to do more. January is stalking, right. National Stalking Awareness Month. Okay. It's been tough for us because that's when they're coming back, mm-hmm. and they come back later and later. So we, we try yeah. to be more creative mm-hmm. each year. And, how mm-hmm. we, and I just told my staff, I was like, we just need to do something every month for all three. Yeah. Right. Because we have these awareness months, which are great. Yep. But it happens all year mm-hmm. it does and you so. know i mean it's the same thing with like women's history month and black mm-hmm. history month and you know we have all these great resources but let's try to learn and understand about them throughout the year exactly. instead of just devoting one period yeah. of time yeah, yeah 28 days 30 days whatever and it something yeah. shannon you mentioned earlier about people not knowing that is such a even with dating violence i mm-hmm. think it's you know 40 or i'm sorry 62 percent of women uh, did not realize that they were in a, an abusive relationship. Yeah. And 18 to 24 year olds, like they have double the numbers of any other age group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's horrifying. <laughs> that reminds me of another group that yeah. we talked to. I'm like, I knew I would blank. I'm like, I need my, to just bring my prevention stuff <laughs> with me. I'm like, oh. Um, we go into, per request, our U101, which is our freshman seminar classes. Mm-hmm. And so we have two presentations we offer. One is our bystander intervention called mm-hmm. Gamecock Stand Up. The other is called Healthy Relationships, Communication, and Consent. Mm-hmm. Now, it's by request, so it doesn't go to every single U101 student. Mm-hmm. But, because um, we don't have that much time. Right, right. <laughs> right? But, but with healthy relationships, we really, we talk about red flags mm. yeah. and we talk about stalking. Like we define it mm-hmm. and like, here's what it is and here's some stats and here's what it looks right. like. And then we try to teach them those skills, that primary prevention piece. Like let's talk about green flags because mm-hmm. it's yeah. kind of the trend now. And here are things to think about when you're getting to know someone. Like mm. ba- I call it ways to vet a potential partner. Okay. You yeah. know, so we try okay. to teach them those skills, like think about these things, mm-hmm. <laughs> but also if these things are happening, you know, come see us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Gosh, so much to think about. I mean, you know, I I tend to think back when I was in college, and I didn't think about a lot of this kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. But you know, you do have to know what's available to you, what you have access mm-hmm. to, what kinds of um, things that you know you you know you have the right to do mm-hmm. um, so that's important as well um, as we wrap up I always like to kind of have a you know relationship to libraries because this is library yeah. voices SC so um, Shannon do you have any kind of library specific things like do you have maybe someone over at Thomas Cooper library which is the library on campus who maybe is a liaison or something we do we and they're right next door to us funny enough uh-huh. yeah <laughs> so we're in the um, Thompson building then there's the Center for Health and Well-being and then there's Thomas Cooper so um, one of our a joke but I'm just gonna buy a sash one day. Um, we have, I say, an honorary advocate over in the library. There's a librarian, Tucky Taylor, uh-huh. and she's just an amazing advocate. Yep, I know Tucky. <laughs> and uh, you know, libraries. I mean, a campus is a public space, right? Yeah, yeah. But particularly libraries, people hang out, they're Definitely. studying, they go, you know, mm-hmm. so things occur. Mm-hmm. And Tucky is on it. That's like great. I almost feel like sometimes like Tucky's done my our our job. <laughs> She's <laughs> done our work for. So I just tell her I'm like we're gonna make you. And when I first got to USC, we did have this um, subcommittee of a larger coalition that was like sexual assault, you know, prevention. And Tucky served on that subcommittee. She's mm. very passionate about it. Mm-hmm. But she's a she's really a great advocate. 
you know, she understands our confidentiality, mm-hmm. but and she will just do whatever. Yeah. Like she just, you know, is her own problem solver. Great. And yeah. so I think for us, we're really appreciative to have folks who get it and don't question it and are just mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'll do whatever mm-hmm. I need to do to support people. That's great. And I imagine on, you know, campuses, there is a, some form of partnership with your type of office and the library, because like you said, you know, things happen in the library that may not happen anywhere else, you know. Yeah, they've let us, we do the clothesline project during Sexual Assault Awareness Month, and they've let us do displays. It's where... Mm-hmm survivors or supporters or allies can make shirts mm-hmm. just visual representation oh, okay and they've let us display that mm. like they've been a really great partner for that that's so kind of like whatever we need it's great okay. so, yeah yeah it's Very great to cool. have mm-hmm. that's wonderful um so as we wrap up um either one of you want to share anything maybe we haven't hit on uh talking specifically about campuses or higher ed I can always say things. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I was like, I always have a little speech that I give, right? <laughs> I think my big thing is just to believe people. Yeah. I do. Part of the other work that I do is with one of our psychologists in the counseling center. She created a three-series workshop called Trauma 101, mm-hmm. and we co-facilitate it. We're trauma geeks, okay. if you will. <laughs> I used to do trauma treatment when I, when, I, when I was a college counselor. So, And that's um, trauma with a T, not a D. Not yes. Tra- okay. Yes, <laughs> trauma, right? Exactly. And so we talk about the neurobiology, okay. uh, the, why uh-huh. it's hard to talk about, and support and coping. Um, and our thing is... We really stress like to remove judgment mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. give people grace, um, yeah. and just to approach people like empathically and non-judgmentally. Mm-hmm. So that's my thing: is just to listen to people. Yeah. Like all you need to ask them is, "How can I support?" Right. Right. <laughs> you need any help right now? Yeah. <laughs> you know that's that's really all we need to be asking. Yeah. Um, and then just getting them to whomever can help. Yeah. If you're not the right person. Yeah. yeah. That's very yeah. important. That helps prevent post-traumatic stress disorder so that's another like a secondary type of prevention it's not primary but helping prevent PTSD will have positive repercussions in lots of ways Mm -hmm. a little bit of compassion goes such a long Uh, way tell me about it people it's so underestimated it really Mm -hmm. is yeah yeah well, you've given us a lot to think about today, and uh, we certainly appreciate it, and hopefully we've given our listeners some, some things to think about. So thank you so much for being with us. Thank, thank you. you. And thank you to our listeners. You can find Library Voices SC on Podbean, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio, or add us on your favorite podcast app. Our podcast website address is libraryvoices.podbean.com. We love hearing from our listeners, so please send us your comments and suggestions for future topics. Library Voices SC is the official podcast of the South Carolina State Library. So until next time, this is Curtis Rogers. Thanks for listening.